Good evening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, an episode of the South Fury Watch, where today we have a special guest, uh, Valkosk, former overlord of the Watch, now reduced to a lowly officer. Valkosk, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm just peachy, living the dream. That's good. Yeah. So, I figured we start off, you know, um, most folks on the server probably know who you are uh but for those who don't i want you to fill us in what is what's your calling card to fame uh probably my just call to defend the barons no matter where i am i'm always going to go back to the barons and i'm going to yell at people to defend the barons because the barons is the heart of the horde (laughs) now why is the barons the heart of the horde uh, actually, uh, Bullis explained it in the episode a little bit for his. That's why he gave me the shout out. Just the, uh, I view it as like, that's where all the trade goes through the horde. And also like, it is the actual homeland of the orcs and Torn now. Not really Orgrimmar, not really Thunderbluff, but the Barrens is like where the people are actually living. Okay. Is that because Orgrimmar has seen an influx of Forsaken, or is that kind of maybe just a little bit of headcanon on your part? I guess it's a bit of headcanon. I just always, well, I mean, they're both nomadic cultures, so I think they would gravitate towards the open plains more than they would the uh, the actual city itself. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Definitely Torin. I think that Torin probably do live in Thunder Bluff, but where they have Mulgore... And, uh, you know, before the Cataclysm, they had the huge plant to the Barrens, definitely there. A little bit less now, but I don't see why they wouldn't continue to live there. Now, the watch started with you, Furt, and Ruakari, right? Um, well, so, when it was called the Hammer of Kalimdor, that was made in 2007. Um, I, it was started by Furt. And I actually signed the charter, but I did not sign the charter on Valkosk. I signed it on a character that I was just roaming Dorotar on, and there was an ad in the general chat, and I just said, sure, I'll sign this. And then it was a few months later that I actually joined the Hammer of Kalimdor on Valkosk. Ruukari came a little bit later, yeah. Okay. So the, you've been you've been around pretty much since its inception, uh, inception yeah. uh, day one. Yeah, you sound you signed the charter, just not on Valkosk, and then joined a couple months later. So we'll we'll give you the pass on one on on that one. You've pretty much been around since day one. I mean, I'm a charter signer, so like, you're a founder. Yep. Yeah. No, that's good. Now, I, I understand that you guys kind of had a little bit of like a three way GM thing going for. Or, yeah, how long How long were you guys doing that kind of triumvirate council? Um, so that came around with the watch more. 
um, which the watch was 2015, I believe. Okay. Um, but then, so before that, basically, like, we had just, like, the one leader. I think they were chieftains back then, or warlords. Um, so Furt was leading it, and then someone else took over for a while, um, and then we moved to Wormrest Accord during Cataclysm. We changed the name of the guild. It was not South Ferry Watch. It was actually called Steel Blood Contingent. <laughs> and Furt was leading it then. And then in 2015, I took over and we made the South Fury watch and we have our whole backstory of basically the entire, the entire hammer of Kalimdor was wiped out in a civil war battle between revolutionaries and loyalists. And we named, renamed the guild South Fury watch in honor of the fallen. And as far as like the leadership, uh, basically I took over, but it was always with Furt and Ruakari were always there with me. Um, we had others like Varag and Roka and but yeah, it's always kind of just been us three for the most part. Now how long were you the the uh, actual GM for? Uh two and a half, three years. So up until about like maybe halfway through twenty eighteen or twenty seventeen, I don't know. If you took over in 2015, maybe three years? Yeah, it's about three years. Because I handed it to Ruakari, I want to say early 2018. Maybe a little bit later. Yeah, about early 2018. Oh, that's right. I forgot when I joined that she was the guildmaster. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense then. Now, was it ever difficult kind of sharing that position between the three of you? No, not really. We we all get along very well, so it was very easy to lead with that. Um, it actually gave a lot of good icy interaction because our characters didn't necessarily <laughs> like each other's leadership styles. Um, but yeah, we've always kind of fulfilled roles, which we fall into, and we've always led the guild together, but there's always been like the GM, the overlord, and they're the ones that give the uh, final say. Okay. Now, you're just returning from a little bit of a hiatus. Um, you know, it's really only been a little while, a little less than a year, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's been about a year. About a year. Where has Valkosk been in that time? He has been in Nazmir, looking for the bodies of Furt, Ruakari, and Vrog on the islands because they perished in a battle. But he okay. came back, and he has uh, he came back pretty much empty-handed. So he did not find any bodies. He just found rumors. Just rumors. So there could be a day when those guys come back. Maybe. Maybe. A lot yeah, of real-life we'll right? stuff going on. So. <laughs> right, yeah, I understand. There's a complex situation with uh, at least two out of three of those people. Um, now, what is Valkosk up to now? Uh, he is basically has gone into an advisor role for the South Fury. Um, he is not the leader anymore. That is all Greya Death Song, and he basically is compliant to her commands. Um, he has to earn the trust of the other Watchmasters right now, which is fun. But yeah, he's just coming back as an advisor. 
Oh, okay. Did he did he not know? Um, I mean, I understand not knowing Zeka since I think that she joined after Vazrock died, right? But did he not know uh, Sid, Kuz, or Cass? So he did know Kazesa, he knows Sid, he knows Cass very well. Um, and obviously he knows Greya. But uh, basically I handed, when I handed the guild over to Greya, when I said, you should be in charge, those were the people that she brought up, and they were all present when we did it in character. So he does know all of them, and they have been around long enough that I was most of them were in the guild while I was leading. Okay, and so now that you've returned, you have to earn their trust. Are they are they suspicious of Valkosk or something? Well, it's just because he left for about a year. And then basically he was coming back and, well, like the first night he came back, he basically was just like yelling at them for <laughs> things being in disrepair, which he mm-hmm. really doesn't have the authority to do anymore. But right. that doesn't stop Valkos from saying things. So now he has to win back their trust and make sure he's a little bit more tactful and understanding, which Valkosk is not always. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I get that. You can't just come back and act like you own the show still, even though you, you gave up the position a year ago. So a little understandable there, but you would think that they would not defer to his authority, but at least listen to it a little bit right it's a new horde yeah a lot of younger younger people so uh they might not want to listen to the 70 something year old orc with wooden teeth yep with wooden teeth and a wooden hand yeah now what's uh what's his opinion of how gray is doing aside from things being in disrepair well he was only angry because he returned and they had just had the uh it was just the naga event thing where far watch post was lost by the watch he thinks gray has done a very good job just because everyone like the numbers are swelling again people are doing their duties people are actually going and doing out tasks which is great yeah were there as many goblins as there are now uh back in your day it's about the same. About the same. Yeah. I feel like Cass is always, and I don't know for yeah, sure. Cass but I feel is like very deep in the community of goblins. So. Always trying to build an entourage around themselves with the uh, with the goblins here and there. Now, do you miss being the Overlord? Um. No, I don't. <laughs> no. No. <Okay. laughs> I miss being a guildmaster sometimes, but then again, also I don't. Why don't you? Yeah, what's uh? Why don't you miss being a guildmaster? Um, it is actually pretty uh stressful once you start getting a pretty good amount of people in the guild, and we're our peers, so like we are just naturally dramatic in person as well as out of in character. So uh, you have to be very careful with. <laughs> how people um, react to everything you say. And then also there's basically, I just don't have the pressure anymore of just, I have, I don't have the schedule anymore just to basically be able to, this is an event tonight. There's an event tonight. There's an event tonight. And I'm going to be running all of it, which that's something Gray has done a great job with is basically 
all of the officers and her are basically working together and they all have events that they do, which is a, is a change, which is a really good change though. Yeah. Yeah. Role players, we can be a little, a little high maintenance, I think. Um, you know, with a, with a raiding guild, you, you might have raid, raid night twice a week and that's easy. You don't have to think of ideas or plot lines or anything. You're just going and down the boss, but I can, I can certainly uh, sympathize with maybe not wanting to get back into running events every week and whatnot. Well, like with the events, I was always, my events were always improv events for the most part. I would usually did not schedule them out. I would just, hey, you're on, you're on, you're on, let's go. We're going to go on a patrol. And I'd just set up some little event while we were out. Have a tendency to bring other guilds into it too. Yeah. One thing that I do miss about what um, I think you did in your era was that Quillbore PvP raid. I wish that we would start doing that again because I feel like the that Null was a lot raid? Of fun. No, when we would uh, dress up as the uh, the Quillbore and go kill the faction leaders. Oh yeah, we did do it. As, we did start doing this Quillbore. It started off as Nulls. Oh okay. But yeah, now you look at my ba- my actual bank in the game. It is basically just filled with Quillbore and Null wands. <laughs> this is why I like never have bank space. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't know that you could get um, the. I didn't know that you could get the no appearance, but I think I saw a picture that you posted in Discord the other day of the the wands, and I figured they were all for the Quillbore. Where do you get those? Um, they're storing the anniversary event. There's a vendor in Orgamar, and oh. they have a bunch of wands. I will have to pick those up this year because uh, I I think it would be a lot of fun if we started doing that again. But... Well, I'd love to do an, a raid on. Uh, Goldshire as Knolls. I think that'd be very fun. And treat it yeah. actually like we are the actual Knolls, not just like in costume or anything OC, just like we're Knolls that are just rising up against Goldshire. I think that would be fun. Revenge for Hogger, right? Yep. Yeah. So, Valkos, when people listen to this episode, it's going to be the night before classic releases. Um, yeah, I know not everyone can get immersed in memory, uh, memory lane while listening to a podcast, so I decided to release it a night early. I've been doing it on Mondays, now I'm going to do it on Sunday. So, Classic is coming out, quote-unquote, tomorrow. I'd be remiss not to mention it a little bit. Are you excited to play Classic? Not really. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, because, like, I mean, I played it for years, and... I don't miss the grind. I don't miss the uh, difficulty. I don't miss the. I don't miss the uh, amount of gold you have to spend on buying abilities. And I've never been with, good with gold in the game, so it was even worse back then. Like I didn't actually get my mount until like level forty-four because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, the only thing I really miss about classic is the um, is the talent trees. Because you could, you had a lot more playroom with uh, what you were doing, like, and that actually went into Burning Crusade too. Where I mean, like, I PvP'd as a Fury Warrior, but I would use a pole arm. It was just like I had this nice talent tree where I was basically striking like incredibly fast and getting double strikes all the time. That it actually worked out to be Fury with a two hander. And now you don't have that anymore. Everything has a meta. Yeah. 
though i don't know i was looking at the wowhead guides and i feel like uh and you know bear in mind that they each or each class i should say has multiple different specs that you can be which is cool but don't you think that people are just going to do exactly what they do now is just copy what they read on a guide and be a cookie cutter uh, a cookie cutter spec depending on what they're doing i mean that's that did exist back then too it's never right. it's never really not been a thing like and people are talking about like well, I saw in a general chat in uh, Nazjatar earlier that people were like, well, now you can look up everything. You couldn't back in the day, but yeah, you we had a, what the hell was it called? Thoughtbot? Yeah, Thoughtbot. Yeah, Thoughtbot. And then you, like, things, came, you always had WowWiki and you always had maps that you could get online of like every dungeon and everything. Still didn't help me not getting lost in Wailing Caverns. I still get lost to this day. <laughs> yeah. Though, don't you feel like, you know, having played the game for, you know, 15 years, 15, 16 years now, that maybe this time you might be a little bit better at it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's that's one thing I guess I'm not super worried about is doing professions so long as I level up. I should be able to make enough gold to, you know, buy, buy the basic mount at level 40. I don't know about the epic one at level 60, but... Um, that was always an impossible goal. Yeah. <laughs> I um I, I didn't end up actually even hitting level cap in vanilla, so I never had that opportunity. I think I got to like, you know, mid fifties and I just played Alteric Valley all the time. Um I have to say that's probably what I'm most looking forward to is Alteric Valley. The old Alteric Valley is but you have to be level fifty one to get to it. Yep. I just don't think I have the uh wherewithal to actually uh get up to level fifty one in classic. Yeah. I also have to catch up to everybody in item level and retail, so. Well, if you want to. I, I am mean, not I... good with being crushed in PvP, and I'm just getting crushed in PvP right now. I have to fix that. I thought they did away with the uh, the item level in PvP. Like, don't they have the templates now? The, But the Azerite still makes a difference, I believe. Or something does, because I'm going into a battleground with like 190k health and then everyone around me has like 300 to like any other tank has like 300 to 350 oh yeah so okay. some, something's off so i'm gonna guess it's the gear Jeez. okay yeah we'll have to work on that later because i have to get caught up too i'm like level uh, item level 400 or something and i know that was like decent at the beginning of the expansion so i have to kind of get my my butt into gear there now one last question about classic has was valkosk your character in classic is that when the the legend began um so i did play him a little bit in classic but he was not my main my main was a troll hunter named zulikin and zulikin i capped i think i got to i think i only got to like level 30 something with Valkosk and Vanilla. But yeah. Enjoyed Hunter more back then. Yeah. And then I yeah, fell I can... in love with Warrior, but Yeah. What made you fall in love with the Warrior? Uh I always liked being like up front and in in the guts of the battle. Like I mean like even when I played the Troll Hunter, like I played Survival. 
and half the time I was running around in melee with my ice barb spear and <laughs> I could actually one v one druids and rogues in with my talent tree, which was really fun. Yeah, right, because you've got the uh, the mongoose bite or raptor strike or something, and then you also had um, wing clip disengage build? was a yeah. little bit different back then, um, and the yeah. traps were a little bit more effective. Yeah, and then you had the uh, the counter attack too if you decided to take that which I think was just basically a better version of Wing Clip. But yeah, I think I'm looking forward to giving it a try. I don't know if I'll make it to level 60, but I'm at least going to give it a fair shake. Play, playing on the uh, the stress test weekend, I think that was it, it was fun, but I can definitely see I have to be in the right mindset to be willing to spend eight hours just grinding away, not necessarily with a particular uh, destination in mind and just hoping I get somewhere, you know? Yeah, like, I played the same back then as I do now for the most part with, like, questing and stuff. I don't quest that much. I don't do content that much. <laughs> Basically always just did PvP and RP. Like, and even when I'm leveling up stuff, like, back then I would just grind mobs instead of questing. Because it actually would, half the time it would save you time. Instead of running back and forth between quests, you could actually just sit in this... Arian Feralis and just kill gnolls for five hours. That sounds a lot like um did you ever play that game Black Desert Online? No, I did not. Okay, that's basically what that game is. Which is a grind is the quest. quest. Yeah, the the quests were not helpful to get you through to the next area, and then you would just sit there, and every class that you would play would just have these like ridiculously awesome AOE abilities. So you would just gather everybody up and just AOE them all down and do it all over again, and that was that was the game. Um, so I definitely think I prefer a little bit more story to my leveling, <laughs> which is why I like the way that they do it now, but. Maybe if it is advantageous to just grind, I can put on Netflix in the background or something and get through it that way, you know? Yeah. You always yeah. need the distractions in the background. I mean, yeah. like, our guild chat used to be was... Well, I mean, it is technically still now. Or the guild chat is uh, it's setting-based RP. So it's basically at the Watcher's base camp, and we would RP, like, as we were just doing things this was in burning crusade which still is kind of a grind fest but we always had that option to rp in the in the guild chat channel which was nice in between uh killing boars you can say what you're doing you can say you're cooking a boar yeah there you go well we'll see how uh we'll see how classic turns out i I don't think that people are gonna stick around with it for very long but it should be should be fun while it lasts so, Valkosk, I did do a little bit of uh, research on you today. Yeah, I was very nervous about that. So Yeah. <laughs> so, there's a couple uh, skeletons we need to bring up here and discuss. I found uh, your Wikipedia page on the Thorium Brotherhood. Oh, Wikipedia. God, no. <laughs> oh, yes. So, we need to talk about that. Now, I don't know when you wrote this, so I'm, I'm going to give you some leeway here. But Valkosk Blacktongue. Weighs around 300 pounds, and he is short and muscular. How do you uh, how do you justify that one? Um, yeah, he's... Uh, I have no idea how much he weighs now. <laughs> God, I wrote that. I think I wrote that... I don't know if I was in the hammer when I wrote that. <laughs> 
You also have five children. Well, he has... That got retconned. Um, he has four daughters. They're all dead, though. So he oh. has no daughters right now. <laughs> he does have a granddaughter somewhere. That's sad. Yeah. How did they die? Um, basically, uh, I don't know if I should reveal this about his character. I don't know if I'm comfortable with uh, people knowing that he's just kind of a bad dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, we, we don't have to linger on that one if you don't want to. I just, I Googled Valkos Black Tongue expecting to find some forum posts and instead I was like, oh, the Thorian Brotherhood Wikipedia. Let's see what we got here. Not, none of it is filled out except for that he is, um, he has gray hair, red eyes, five children, and the 300 pounds thing. Um, and then you've got this picture of yourself with a cool looking sword on a wolf. So the oh the uh, warmongering blade that like level forty something two handed yeah, sword yeah yeah so that must have been a while ago I took that picture in the hinterlands really I re- I remember t- taking that screenshot <laughs> yeah you you really can't see anything it's just like a gray background kind of so not a lot to go down on there so he had four daughters and they're all dead and he's a bad dude um I don't really want to ask but i'm going to did he murder them he did not murder them um okay. he basically so valkosk he's a war song but he uh was born and raised in a basically a fishing swamp village in southern negrand and i was so happy when warlords of draenor came out and there actually was a like village in the swamps in southern negrand just the best coincidence ever <laughs> but um i've always had his backstory to be that he's basically came over with the black rocks didn't actually stay with the war song during the first war because he was useful in the swamp and when they crossed the portal it was a swamp so he was volunteered himself basically to help navigate and protect this swamp for the horde and then he like kind of shoved his daughters to go like hey go intermingle with the uh black rocks and Get your uh, father some uh, headway with uh, taking control of things. And it didn't work out for any of them. And they all died? One of them was murdered by their Blackrock life mate after they found out that it was basically a power play by Valkos that they were life mates. Um, the other... The two oldest died in battle, I think, according to my history. And then the youngest, uh, the youngest starved, I have, when the Warsong were all, like, scattered across Lordaeron. So things just did not go well for them? No. Okay. And Valkosk is how old? 70 what? Um, I mean, with the timeline, there's really difficult i just i just say like 71 72 yeah there's yeah i do the same thing with lance i just kind of say he's in his late 20s wow so valkosk has seen the first war the second war the third war and everything in between the horde alliance war and yeah everything (laughs) wow guy's been around and so have you on the forums i saw a lot of good stuff on the old forums um now i don't think that i don't know if you were active on the ones before they got changed in cataclysm and 
so I couldn't really dig any of that stuff up. But I did see a post. Uh, your first post on the forums was about the Steel Blood contingent. So this was the th- was the South Fury Watch the Steel Blood contingent before it was the Watch? Yes, it was. All right, and so was that kind of like an extension of the Hammer of Kalimdor, or what happened with I mean, that? it was the Hammer of Kalimdor. It's when we transferred over, we just renamed the guild, um, just because we didn't take, like, not everyone transferred with us, so we thought we would change the name. Um, but now in the retcon history of it, I always I, I now view the Steelblood contingent as basically Furt and Valkosk's faction during the... during the... Uh, revolution between Darkspear and Garrosh because the guild was split between loyalists and revolutionaries so okay so you guys kind of just rebranded yourselves but it was essentially the same thing yeah okay all right your biggest pet peeve in roleplay Valkoski I found two answers uh, when people slash blink as an answer to something, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but also people who role play as fire trucks or any other emergency vehicle. <laughs> any comment on uh, any comment on that one? Well, I think we all know why the second one. It's just it's just obnoxious. It's loud. The lights are strobing, which is, can cause migraines. It's really bad. Um, <laughs> the blinking, I just, I just don't see it as a natural response to things ever. Yeah, that that one I can understand. It's kind of like, uh, like when you see in um, dialogue, just the dot dot dot, like they're not responding to something, and it's maybe supposed to make you feel like they're embarrassed for you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So blinking and no, uh, no fire truck roleplay. Have you ever seen anybody roleplay as a fire truck? Because I'm concerned. Um, I mean, I've seen some wacky stuff. But I don't know if I've seen a fire truck. Yeah. Okay. Now you're gonna start being ambulance topsail. Yeah, ambulance topsail. That's good. <laughs> now you also hosted an Ask Me Anything in AMA. Uh, after a particularly salacious comment was made about you regarding the color of your underwear and what kind of shrines you possess in your bedroom. In this AMA, you didn't answer a ton of questions, but the answers you did give were a little controversial. Um, You stated that Valkosk is a stronger and more honorable honorable orc than Sarfang himself. Was I answering as Valkosk or? Oh, yes. Okay, so Valkos is saying that he's a better orc than Saurfang. Oh, so this was this was an IC response then. We'll go with that. Okay. Does does Valkos still stand by this statement? Um I don't even think he thinks about it anymore. He just views Saurfang as just another city orc that has Valkos doesn't really like any of the leadership. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> because he thinks out in the Barrens is where the people are, and that's where their loyalty should be, instead of the soap opera stuff that's going on between all the characters of WoW. So he doesn't make too much of this um, this storyline that Blizzard had a, has us going on right now, does he? What do you mean? I mean, uh, he doesn't think too much of what's going on with the horde with uh this the 
quasi-rebellion that is looming. Oh no, he's thinking about that a lot, because, as I said, our guild history had had the divide and it wiped out the watch, had Valkos convert, and Ruakari just butchering fellow members of the Hammer of Kalimdor. Which is deplorable. Yes. And so now he's uh, he's pretty paranoid about it. So if he had to choose sides, who who would he go with? I mean, if you were doing a black and white answer, like, had to choose a side, he'd probably go with Sourfang. But he's probably, his loyalty is to the people of the Barons and to the people of Doritar, and he would probably just want to just wait out the storm and protect the people in the land. Yeah, I, you know... The, the watch isn't very involved with much of that, so unless, you know, things were to come out into the Barrens, which there have been some rumors of, um, with, yeah, with the I Barons saw that they data mined some new uh, music yeah. for Doritar and the Barrens. Yeah, and there was also there was a map that I think was named uh, Barrens Warfront or something like that. Which so, that could actually be pretty fun in RP. It definitely could be, but then it would put the watch in this position where they would have to choose sides. I'm assuming, you know, assuming that the the warfront has hints of conflict between, you know, the Forsaken and the rest of the horde. If it's just another alliance horde warfront, then, you know, yeah, that would be interesting, and it wouldn't uh, raise any questions about the watch's loyalty. But, you know, if there were some things in there, like you know, maybe it was a Horde Alliance combined warfront where they, you know, killed the uh, Sylvanas Loyalists and, you know, that was just what they did. I don't know. They th- Sometimes I feel like Blizzard is trying to find ways to bring the factions together because people seem to ask about that. And I've wondered if, you know, over the course of this expansion and, you know, especially with the... Uh, the recent cinematics with Thrall and Jaina basically saying that they're going to work together again and how they've changed and, um, you know, what they can do to tackle this problem, especially after, you know, Bane gets captured and all that. I feel like they're probably going to pull some shenanigans with pulling people together. And I'm wondering if, you know, kind of how they have the uh, mercenary mechanic for Battlegrounds, they're going to do something similar with PvE content. Yeah, I'm not sure. I... I think it's one of those things with, uh, there's a very, it's a very vocal minority that wants to, uh, abolish the factions, but I think the greater player base probably does not. Why do you think that? I mean, the greater player base really doesn't, I don't think the greater player base actually thinks about the story that often. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's, that's definitely true. I feel like, um... I feel like in Warmest Accord, we kind of have our own issues that we think are bigger deals than they are. Um, yeah. And we maybe sometimes point to um, dropping sub numbers and say, oh, people are upset it's because the story is bad. Probably not. But, you know, we're kind of in our own world over here. So maybe we can think of these things and come up with our own answers well i think everybody who role plays probably wants to uh have input in the storyline yeah yeah that's <laughs> definitely true 
So Valkos is kind of neutral on the current situation with the Horde because he doesn't want to really get involved. If push came to shove, he would align with Asarfang. So did he have a similar view with Hellscream, or was he maybe a little more involved with that? He was... Uh... So I like to say this is before Valkos uh, finally relinquished wanting to be... Uh... A big, a big prominent member of the Horde. Um, and he saw Garrosh as a way to do that. I mean, Garrosh was his clan leader. And although the clans, like, don't mean as much anymore, there's still a thing with the Warsong, the Frostwolf, I guess a Shattered Hand a little bit. But they were still prominent, and he saw a way to power, and he was uh, taking it by siding with Garrosh. So, you guys, you guys were not on the rebel side then, when the hammer split. So, Furt and Valkosk were loyalists, and Ruakari was a revolutionary. Oh. How how do you how did they make peace with each other? Uh, so there was the Battle of the South Fury, which basically had someone fired an arrow. Not sure how it started, but Valkos and Furt were tasked. I should get ahead of this. The Valkos and Furt were tasked with guarding the South Fury River in Ashara from night elves and revolutionaries during the siege event. And then, basically, the South Fury Watch with the Darkspear revolutionaries they show up on the opposite bank of the river just by coincidence. Arrows fired, and then charge happens and basically they were just slaughtering each other in the river and Valkos was partaking in this as well but then he took a look at it and secretly no one knows this part so you get the reveal Valkos heard that the siege in the front was actually successful for the revolutionaries from one of his sources and called a quits to the battle saying it was we shouldn't be shedding each other's blood like this oh <laughs> so he kind of pulled a little uh you know maybe i can play the greater good card here because otherwise we're all gonna be you know effed yeah pretty much <laughs> nobody needs to know that though right no 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 <laughs> <laughs> only the people who listen <laughs> thankfully not a lot of people so don't worry <laughs> then um yeah, so they uh, basically said, all right, Valkosk, you'll be in charge, and Rune, Kari, and Furt will be the Watchmasters right under you that can decide things. And you all lived happily ever after until you all got lost in Asmir. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. That's a, that's a nice story. I mean, story. there was always, like, in-character, like, tension between the people who were loyalists and the people who were revolutionaries but that's always good for roleplay though don't you think yeah and it was really good and then like it was actually and that's what helped Valkos make the turn basically to like his loyalty is now completely to the barons and to the people of the horde not to this rise to power claim for glory that he was looking for before I gotcha okay 
Now, I did find a quote from Val Kosk on the forums, I think part of one of your old South Theory Watch um, posts, and I'm not going to read it in an, in an orcish uh, voice because I can't really do the voice acted role play too well. I think you should give it a shot. I think I should give it a shot? Yeah. Um, well, what does what does Valkos <laughs> sound like? Old. Um, remember his wooden teeth. So, like, talk with, like, dentures. Just, like, you can just shove, like, a bunch of cotton under your lips, and that might that might do it. I'll, um, maybe, maybe when I have you on again, I'll let you give that one a try. <laughs> I don't know what that would sound like, but anyways, no, I'll, I'll just read this in a, in a normal voice, uh, without, without the Valkosk, but we can think that it's there in spirit, maybe. So, the young warriors... No, not just the young, the thick-skulled mercenaries, the warriors fattening on the comforts of Orgamar. They do not understand the honor. They do not see the glory in mixing the blood and dirt in our own lands. Many have lost the memory that we were without a home for so long. All of us here, the orcs, the Shuhalo, the Darkspear, should remember this. That is why the Watch is out here. That is why we defend these lands. The enemy's blood, our blood, all of it mixes with the dust, and it is our honor that will remain. I thought that was a good quote, but I wanted to ask, what does honor mean to Valkosk? That has changed over the years. Um, honor now for him is, is exactly what that quote is. is basically just sacrificing to keep what we have built being able to give blood I should say have your blood taken more likely but <laughs> in honor of the cause instead of uh, looking for glory looking for anything like that you are just trying to defend your homeland so honor is just kind of personal sacrifice then yeah okay I feel like I've seen on the forums as of late, maybe not as late so much, but there was a while there where people were going on tirades that honor was just an orc's feelings. What's your opinion on that? What do you mean by their feelings? Mm, okay. Like, um, yeah, we, we need to defend the barons because uh, the night elves hurt my feelings, so we have to be honorable. We have to defend my feelings i don't know i don't have the exact quote here but basically like you know honor is just a, a synonymous way of saying my feelings were hurt um you know it feels right to avenge my feelings um i can i can agree that a lot of uh i'm not saying characters i'm saying yeah i guess i would say a lot of characters would fall under that tree um, and I think that's actually okay. It can be, that's a good character flaw to have is this misconception of what you're actually fighting for to be blind to your own wants and needs. But yeah, I would say it's, it's actually pretty common. <laughs> yeah, no. And I agree with you. I think that most of the time when people say that they're, they're commenting on it in a way that is reflective of Blizzard's story and how, you know, Thrall justifies, you know, killing Garrosh, for example, uh, as honorable. You know, even though, you know, you might argue that he was feeling that he didn't want to own up to his mistakes with 
you know, pulling Garrosh out of his, um, you know, sad world and elevating him into this position. Or, you know, but maybe saying the attack on Teldrassil was honorable because the night elves had been uh, attacking them for years. I don't, I don't see that one too often, but I'm just kind of talking out of my ass here. Um, well, like I think so, it's the difference between like strategic glory and honor is uh, very confused a lot. And yeah. like with like, I mean, like I'm okay with Thrall killing Garrosh because Garrosh literally was <laughs> rounding up trolls and torn and executing them for <laughs> no reason. <laughs> Right, yeah. Because they were rebelling. Well, he started. Did he start doing that before they actually were even rebelling? Uh, that I don't think so. I think that you know you started to see the Corcoran snipers with the uh, the tolls try uh, tied up with the um, the headbands around their eyes. I think you started to see that after five point three or whichever expansion it was, or not expansion. Uh, whichever patch it was that Battlefield Barons had started in, you started to see all the guys hanging around in Orgrimmar, and then the the guards would tell you that they, they knew what you were up to. I think the only one that they really tried to kill prior to them was Vol'jin in that Dagger in the Dark scenario, but I could be mistaken. I thought like that stuff started rising up like after the Cairn, or not the Cairn, yeah, the Cairn fight. I thought well, the Cairn like fight... Some... Oh, wait, did that happen? That happened afterwards. No, Cairn was way back in Cataclysm before Garrosh was War Chief. Oh, okay. I might be, I might be uh, referencing something that's not in game, but also there is the saying in the guild, which is Valkos doesn't do content. So, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's all right. All right. So, the Horde's on the brink of civil war here. How does it get itself out of its current predicament? Um, or is that not a concern for Valkosk? Well, it is a concern because... Well, actually, I guess it's not too much of a concern because of the whole uh, Burning Telgisil thing actually is very beneficial and Garrosh took care of Theramor. So there's not too many strongholds of Alliance going on, so the protection of the Horde's not that necessary anymore. <laughs> So even though these things are obviously bad, you know, genocide isn't good, you know, nuking a, a fortress so that in all timelines forever it no longer exists, that's obviously not a very uh, altruistic thing to do, but there are some upsides to it, and Valkosk is willing to kind of look the other way. Um, yeah, he is kind of, yeah, he would. Well, okay. with Theramore, at least. But not with the, the burning of Teldrassil? The burning of Teldrassil, he didn't really... Uh, he doesn't really have strong feelings on, to be honest. <laughs> it was I mean, a very strategic, what... very good move, and, like, I mean, he took part in the Draenei eradication campaign, so he can't talk, so... <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's what conquering uh, a nation of people looks like, doesn't it? You know, burning down their city, not maybe going out of the way to kill civilians, but they probably do die. Not to justify it by any means, but oh, they will. They definitely die, and yeah, it's not a good thing that they did. But 
Valkosk is uh, very grizzled and very uh, apathetic to that stuff because he took part in it when he was in the uh, before they even crossed the dark portal. Like he's been doing it for years. <laughs> right. So, what would an ideal future look like then for Valkosk? Uh, basically the Baron's Crossroads basically being built up, farming, boar farms everywhere, and safety from the Quillbar, the Centaur, the Harpies, everything that it does threaten all the people in the Barrens. So maybe, does he have any personal grudge against the Alliance or anything, or is he just more concerned right now with the Barons, and that's pretty much it? I mean, he is a war song, and he was with the Outriders for a while, so he does not like Night Elves. Um, he does not like that there's Alliance, like, right across the ridge in the Barons now, and he's always hated Kul Tirans. So that's, yeah, that's his big three for why he doesn't like the alliance i gotcha okay so then but pretty much though just kind of securing the barons that would be that would be a good first step then yeah yeah okay i mean that sounds like a a pretty good future um a new homeland for the orcish people that's safe yeah that's yeah that's what he wants (laughs) yeah no that's fair enough all right. Well, Valkosk, I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop grilling you on the, um, you know, the fun subjects here. But let me ask you this: Would you be excited to receive a free WoW token? I'm gonna do so bad at this. Yeah, sure. Let's let's give it a shot. <laughs> That's a positive response. I think I have had. I think of of the quizzes, I've gotten probably twenty five percent of the questions right. Okay. Well, you know, there's uh, there's only there's only ten questions today. Um, yeah, you're familiar with the rules. Uh, <clears throat> War master fee the strength. You know, five questions on the board. If you get all five, you go to the mythic plus, and then you can earn a wow token if you if you answer the the next ten right. Um, the first five questions, Valkosk, are relative to Orcish lore, so. Uh, that means they should be a piece of cake for you, given that you're a fount of lore knowledge, right? Yeah, I should, I should do well with the orcish lore, as long as it's not in-game lore. Well, <laughs> I, I, I can't guarantee that okay, we'll, be, all right. <laughs> we'll be sticking to strictly out-of-game lore, but we'll see. Um, all right, well, then let's, let's get underway here then. Uh, question numero uno, Valkosk. Uh, this one should be a curveball for you. Not a curveball. Uh, an easy one. Whatever. Uh, Beneath Orgamar is a massive complex that has been used for a variety of things over the years, most recently as a training ground for uh, Sylvanas' elite troops, but also as a refuge for those fleeing from the, Le- the Legion. What is the name of this massive complex underneath Orgamar? Is it A, the compound? B, the deep hold. C, the war chief's respite. Or D, the underhold. It's the underhold. Yeah. All right. Ding ding ding! Very good. 
See? All right. So you got your twenty-five, or you got your twenty percent. That's almost twenty-five. So the rest of these, we will uh, mercilessly ask you and see how you do. You feeling confident now? Well, that is the only raid that I did in uh, Missa Pandaria, so I should have gotten that one. <laughs> it's really the only one worth doing. I didn't really like the other ones. The I don't know. The the Thunder King one, I guess, was okay, but. Siege of Orgrimmar, that was kind of the pinnacle of the story there. So anyways, you actually talked about this question a little bit. During the genocide of the Draenei, uh, Gul'dan performs a ritual in Shadowmoon Valley to sever the orc's con uh, connection with the elemental spirits of Draenor. In doing so, he ensured that the demonic corruption of the orcs would be complete. The ritual that he performed was done with a magical item. What is the name of the item that he used? Is it A, the Shard of Cyrook? B, the Cipher of Damnation? C, the Soul Cannon? Or D, the Tome of Dark Portents? I want to say it's B. B, the Cipher of Damnation? No, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, let's go with B. B. Incorrect. Yes. Oh, no, okay, Valkaz. cool. All right. <laughs> You're actually correct. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the Cypher of Damnation, that's actually uh, a pretty big quest line in Burning Crusade. It makes a small reappearance in Warlords of Draenor. Um, I forget the orc's name. It's Orok Tornheart or something like that. I don't know if you did the quest in BC, but you go around with his sons collecting items about the cipher or whatever, and uh, basically you come to terms with how Shadowmoon Valley became this uh, torn wasteland with the giant volcano in the middle. Yeah. Very good quest. All right. Yeah, I don't remember if I did it or not. <laughs> Probably. But that was 10 years ago, so. Yep. All right. <laughs> so. All right, so this next question is courtesy of Vazrock. They thought that you'd like this one. Uh, there is an orc who is in charge of Stonard. Uh, his name is Ruag. Or Ruag, or Ruag. I don't know how to say his name. Ruag is what I'm going with. Uh, what is his title? Is it A, Rear Commander? B, Dispatch Commander? C, Station Commander? Or D, Patrol commander. What was B? Uh, B is dispatch commander. Is this for the head of the Stoneard? Yeah, he's in charge of Stoneard. Okay, then I'm gonna. I'm. Mm, it's not B. I'm. Well, I'm gonna go with B again. But it's station. With... It's station, isn't it? No, it's actually Dispatch Commander. Yep, okay. All right, I do remember that. All right, cool. <laughs> wow. Zalkos, I am just doing? flubbing my way through this. <laughs> you are doing much better than you thought you would. I am very impressed. Yeah, let's see. If I look up Dispatch Commander... Oh, and I just want to clarify by, to everybody, I was willing to go with B no matter what he said the answer was. Yeah, he's a... Uh... Level 60, elite NPC according to Wowhead. And I think he gives out those quests 
especially with the um I think he has one of my favorite like just standard leather gear. No, outfits. he's the guy with the red blade and he's got the um the one the one red shoulder pad. He hands out the quest that came up in Cataclysm, which are which is basically the uh the orcs versus humans rendition in the Swamp of Sorrows and Cataclysm. You know those quests where you're basically doing the battlefield between um what is it, Marsh Tide Watch and Stonard? Nope. I have no idea. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <laughs> we won't worry about it then. <laughs> Alright. So then we've got two more questions here. As is our tradition on the uh, the lore master feed of strength, these get much more difficult the further we go in. So question number four, Warlord Bloodhilt, back in Cataclysm, was sent personally by Garrosh to evaluate the Horde situation in the Southern Barrens, your territory. Upon upon finding incompetence, Bloodhilt questions and sub, uh, subsequently relieves the warlord in charge by throwing him off the top of a tower. Who is the warlord that he executes? Is it A, Warlord Gardul? B, Warlord Krog? C, Warlord Gorchuk? Or D, Warlord Torok? That would be Gardul. Gardul. Very good. Do you know what he says to him? I can't remember. Okay, well, I should say, do you know what he says to him after he says, uh, oh, I yield? He goes, uh, you know, what part of victory or death don't you understand? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny. (laughs) Then just chucks him off the top of the tower, and then you go down, you see his corpse there, and all the orc grunts, like, don't even give you a second look. So, yeah, that was, it was, it was an interesting quest, but it was a good one. All right, well, Valkosk, four out of five. If you get this last question right, then we can transcend into the Mythic Plus feat of strength. You will be the first person to ever do so. So there's a lot riding on this question, especially for someone who didn't think that they were going to get any of them right. I was expecting like 25% right. Well, so there's five questions. So what is 25%? It's like one. One and point. Two five, right. <laughs> um, all right. According to question number five, according to legend, an orc wielded a weapon named Gronsbane in his fight against ogre overlords. Uh, this orc led his people into the Frostfire um, Ridge and founded the Thunderlord Clan. What is his name? Is it A, Brakor, B, Rendris, C, Kolgosh, or D, Urtgar? I am... T- t- what was A and B again? Uh, a is Brakor, B is Rendris. I think it's A or C. Um... I'm not going to get this one. Um, let's go with 
Let's go with Colgosh. Answer C, Colgosh, is actually incorrect. Yeah, it's Rendrous, isn't it? No, it's actually Brackor. Answer oh, A. Shit. Okay. <laughs> you made me nervous there. I thought that you were going to get it. Nope. Well, four out of five. I think that's um, that's at least as good as how Zeka did. <laughs> so now you can tell Vaz that you are on equal footing as far as orcish lore goes because these were difficult questions I mean I did flood my way through them so uh, no we don't have to tell anybody that I mean that's how Valkos that's how Valkos fights he just kind of flubs his way to surviving the fight sometimes he loses a limb or an eye or an ear or, or teeth, teeth. <laughs> how did he lose his teeth by the way uh, so he was, this is actually how he joined the, uh, Hammer of Kalimdor, was he was captured by, it's been retconned to be cult Tyrans. it was initially Lord Aronians, um, but it's retconned to cult Tyrans now. He was captured by cult Tyrans in Dustwall Marsh and held in a, imprisonment, and they were torturing him for information, and they were pulling his teeth, like, one day at a time, and... The day before his tusks were going to start getting pulled, the Hammer of Calum, well, Furt shows up, and Grey was there too, and uh, I don't think anyone else that's still in the guild. But uh, they showed up, and they rescued him from the Colterans, and uh, then they formed the Hammer of Calum together. That's the that's the new history. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I mean that's that's pretty brutal. Yeah. So yeah, and he doesn't like Cold Tyrans. That's but he has stuff in his past that he doesn't like Cold Tyrans too, so <laughs> Yeah. And so he has to forge a new set of dentures every so often to remind himself of what he's lost, right? Yes. I think I read that in one of your posts. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, hey, Balkosk, uh, you know, really excellent job. Um, not quite five questions, but you still did great. And hey, it's been really good talking to you. I'm glad that we uh, we were able to set aside this time, and especially you know where you're returning to the guild. I think a lot of people would be interested to you know hear how you've been doing. So thanks for thanks for coming in, and thanks for spending the time with me. I appreciate it. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for doing this. I actually really like these uh, episodes. No, I'm glad that you do. I mean, it's uh, you know just kind of a fun thing. I've always wanted to do like a a radio show so this is kind of like my creative outlet <laughs> but uh you know hope to have you again sometime Belkosk in the future um so we'll we'll figure that one out down the road um and once again thanks for calling coming on everybody listening in uh thanks for thanks for tuning into this episode and we will catch you next time um i hope you have fun in classic and uh we will uh have a new podcast out next week so we'll catch you next time on the south three watch podcast